basic rules. Yeah, he, tra he tracks stuff. Yeah, yeah, he he went he did it thoroughly. Yep, different different options, different target ones, different target twos, target threes, different this. Yeah, so he did a, he did a thorough job. Right. Yes, yeah, so everyone says no, and I responded to the trader in a few ways, uh, and, and and I may be having this trader's email confused with another conversation I had on the the chat um, over the weekend, but first and foremost, right. Is one pair, and let's just call it one pair on one year, because there's another trader that said, I had this 90% year, it was awesome. 90% um, win rate year, it was awesome. Is one pair on one year enough to make any type of judgment? No. Because guess what? There are lots of pairs out there. Lots of pairs out there. There are lots of strategies out there. Lots of systems out there. Every system isn't going to work the best with every pair. Every system isn't going to work the best with every pair on every year. You guys who were with me last year, right? I got destroyed by the pound dollar. The pound dollar, right? It, <laughs> the, the, the pound dollar was literally the only pair that took that was unprofitable, that took profits from me last year. The only pair. It had a down year. And everyone was asking me the question, Q, are you gonna dump the pound dollar or pound uh, yeah, the pound dollar, you're gonna dump the pound dollar, you're gonna get rid of it? And I'm like, why? Well, because it's losing you money. I'm like, yeah, this year. But how long have I been trading for? Let's see, about 12 years. It's been a very reliable pair for, for 12 years. So because it had one down year, I should automatically get rid of it? No, that, that's what happens. And if you look at your back testing, you're going to see results where sometimes you have really, really great years that are outliers. Or you have really, really bad years that are outliers. And you have really, really break-even years. Right? So you need a good enough sample size. Right? But one strategy on one pair isn't enough to base judgment because guess what? You can back test, let's just say Gartley patterns, for example, on the pound dollar. On year number one, they are horrible, right? Or maybe even all five years on a pound dollar pair, they are horrible. Again, this is just an example. I'm not saying they're bad. But what if you then test Gartley patterns on the euro dollar and they're amazing? What if you test it on the dollar yen and they're amazing? Well, now you've done back testing on three pairs. You've got euro dollar, you've got dollar yen, you've got pound dollar. You've got two pairs that are amazing. You've got one pair that is horrible. What does that tell you? What conclusion can you draw from that? Not a trick question. Common sense. Common sense. Common sense. You've got two pairs that are good, one pair that, that is bad. You're, you're, don't trade the bad pair. Don't overthink it. Keep the two pairs that are good. Get rid of the pair that is bad, right? Common sense. You guys agree or, or did I lose you on that? Yeah. It's, it's, it's very similar. I, I love watching this show called The Prophet. I talk about it all the time, Marcus Limonis. It is, the, it is my favorite show to watch um, because it, it's a reality show, but, you know, a guy comes in and fixes businesses, but he's a very kind-hearted guy. He's people first. Um, and there's there, I get something positive out of every every episode, and it could be because I was watching this when I when I first started building my businesses, um, so I, I kind of have that it, it, the sentimental value of it. But 
one of the, the basic things that he does when he goes into a business, right? When he evaluates a business, because he goes into businesses that are already established, typically they're struggling and he goes in there and, and fixes it up. It's called the profit, uh, profit, like P&L, profit. Yeah. So he, he goes into these businesses. He doesn't really know much about them, um, but he goes in there to try and find out the problem, fix the problem and, and, and help it succeed. And, you know, first thing he does is he looks at the people, right? Who is he working with? Is it kind-hearted people? Do they, are they in it for the right reasons? That's the most important part to it. Next is the process, the process and what they're doing. And let's say you have, a, um, let's say you have a business that sells food, right? You got a Naomi's random food shop, right? So Naomi's random food shop sells a bunch of things, right? It sells hot dogs, it sells hamburgers, it sells fish, right? Think about these as like three different strategies, hot dogs, hamburgers, fish, or three different pairs, I guess it would be. Yeah, three different pairs based on our, our example. Hot dogs, hamburgers, and fish, right? So the first thing I want to look at is I want to see, okay, what, you know, what is performing well? So I go, Naomi, what is your best seller? And Naomi's like, well... Well, the hot dogs, they, they, they do amazing, right? The hot dogs are my number one, the most popular item on the menu. Okay, we're going to keep those, okay? What about the hamburgers, Naomi? Yeah, the hamburgers do well. You're not as good as the hot dogs, but there's a consistent flow. There's a consistent demand for these hamburgers. Uh, the margins are good because we use low-grade meat, low-grade horse meat, right? That's what you guys in the UK use, right? Your Taco Bells using horse meat. <laughs> uh, so they, they do well. <laughs> So it's like, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, I haven't had Taco Bell in so long, man. <laughs> and then we look at, so you got your hot dogs that are amazing. You got your hamburgers that do well. Margins are great because they're horse meat because um, that's how the UK gets down. And then you look at the fish. And I go, you know, Naomi, how's the fish performing? You're like, well, well it, it doesn't do too well. Okay, so why is it on your menu? Think about it. Why is, why, why is something on your menu if it's not performing well? And you can do the same thing for a store, right? If you're a store that sells goods, right? Why are you selling or why are you still spending time, wasting energy, taking up space, selling something or offering something that isn't being sold? What, what would happen if you eliminated that one thing? Well, one, you would save some money, right? If the fish is costing Naomi money, right, to bring in the fish and hold it and not sell it, then throw it away, it is costing her money. Am I right? So right there, addition by subtraction, right? Take away your losses, Right. We just I just showed you guys the example of, of, of winning and losing. Right. You have to be comfortable winning this much and giving back that much. But if you win more than you give back, you'll be profitable. All right. So one of the easier ways to increase your profit is to eliminate some of your losses. So get rid of the fish. It isn't selling. Get rid of it. Now, what that also does, or, or let me ask you guys, what what does that also do? What does that also do? And I'll give you a, another trading example after this. 
Yeah. Naomi says it gives you more money to spend on the stuff that's making more money, right? So if you now you, you've taken away these losses, you freed up more money, more space if you're actually looking at a retail store, right? Now you can spend more on what's producing you more profit, right? Now, if you look at this from a trading perspective, right? I think it's pretty obvious the the, the if we have, if we trade a single pair, right? Can we use a smaller or bigger position size? If all we trade, I know Tony at one point traded a single pair, right? You can use a bigger position size. Why? Because this is, you know, all, all of your risk is here. This is all of your risk. Whatever your maximum position size is, it, it's all on here, right? If you trade it 10 pairs, what does that do to your position size? You have to split it, right? Because you have to spread that risk across your portfolio, right? You can't just take the same risk you would take on one pair and do it on one, two, three, four, five pairs, right? Because you'd, you'd be drastically over leveraged and you'd, you'd go broke on your first drawdown, right? So if you have a pair, if, if you have a pair that you've tested and it doesn't make profit, right? Eliminate it. Not only does it save you money because you're no longer taking these losses, but now you can increase your position size on the pairs that are making you the most profit, which will in turn allow you to make more profit. Make sense? You're investing more on your best investments, basically. Now, going back to, I guess, the, the original point where we talked about having a 2% return, right? And that not being the greatest, right? The power, the power in trading can come in two ways, right? Obviously, one way is you can have a single pair that performs great. Um, you can trade multiple strategies on it. You can do the same concept for strategies with pairs as far as little circles go. But you can have a single, a single pair that performs great. And you specialize on that single pair and you maximize your return, right? If you come across a pair, the pound yen, that is amazing. It's historically worked great for you. Um, I'm going to trade as much as I can, as, as big of a position size as possible on the pound yen and maximize those profits. That's, that's one way to do it, right? On the other hand, if you come across pairs that the return is like, you know, again, 2% where it's like, well, I don't, it's not enough for me to trade on its own. But if you do your testing and you come across five more pairs that create that same 2% return or even more, now you have a portfolio of pairs. Now you're looking at a 10% a return, a 20% return, which is a lot better than that 2% return, is it not? So let's say you look at let's let's say you take your two percent return and you do it on you have that for five pairs right so now you have a ten percent return trading to Gartley on a five pair portfolio so I think we'd all agree ten percent return is a lot better right a lot better than two percent probably still not what you want to see out of your trading but you're working on the the you're working in the right direction right now keep in mind that's only one strategy 
What if you then, right, you, you start trading live, you're making your 10% return based on your five pair portfolio. At the same time, you now start testing the bat pattern. Now, what if you get the same returns from that bat pattern? Right? That bat pattern gives you a 2% return on all of the, the pairs you traded in your portfolio. Right? Now you've got two strategies you can attack it with. Now you've got a Gartley pattern on a five pair portfolio producing 2%. Now you've got a bat pattern on a five pair portfolio producing 2%. Now you've got a 20% return, right? So does that, that concept make sense? And obviously at, at some point there's going to be, you know, you, you may have to adjust the risk a little bit, um, you know, once you kind of, once you combine your stats and see how much exposure you have to the market. But the point is that small returns when compounded can have that bigger result. And again, we're just using 2% as a random number because I think that's the number that the, the trader sent me. It, who knows? Yeah, it could be 5%. It could be 10% per. You never know. But just, just as an example. But that's what you want to look for in your backtesting. You don't, you don't want to make a, a, a rash judgment off of a single performance. Test the whole basket. Something I do is whenever I backtest, I typically have about like 13 pairs that I test. Right? There are about 13 pairs that I feel comfortable trading. And by comfortable, I mean that that the spread is within my the, the realm that I'm willing to pay. Um, and I'll, I'll test on about 13 pairs and then I'll line those 13 pairs up. Right. I'll have all the historical data. I'll line those 13 pairs up and I'll go through them. And I'll just cross it off. I'll say, OK, euro dollar. OK, put it over here. All right. Pound dollar. Nope. You did bad. You go over there. Dollar again. You were good. You go here. Euro again. You go good. You go here. Uh, you go over there, right? And I break it down and I and I probably end up with about whatever, maybe I, I eliminate five pairs that underperformed. And now I have eight. And now it's up to me to say, and I, I have to have an idea of, you know, what's my maximum portfolio? Are there any hidden correlations that are, I don't want to be involved with? Um, but I'm basically just breaking down the best performers and, and, and maximizing my trading portfolio. So you don't really get, and I told it to the trader, unfortunately, you're not going to get the full picture of what you can actually do until you have all of the testing done. Now, you can get started trading live. Again, if you, if you, trade, if you test, thoroughly test one and it works, you can trade live and start making some money while you're doing the rest of the, the, the process. But you're not going to truly have an idea of how, really how big your performance can actually be until you've done everything.